Hey, it's Bill Simmons. I have some good news for you. The hottest take. It's back. Oh, yeah. Monday through Thursday, four times a week, you hear from me, Chris Ryan, Sean Fantasy, Mallory Rubin, Wazdeen Lambrey, Van Lathan, Julie Lippman, many other ringer staffers. You get one take, you got to defend it to the death. Sports takes, pop culture takes, food takes, airplane takes. Oh, yeah. It's coming back. First episode drops August 29th. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Welcome back, everybody. You know, sometimes at the end of the summer, you just need a little palate cleanser. You need something to kind of make you feel happy, kind of inspire you a little bit, make you go, damn, those people are pretty good, you know? <laughs> and, you know, there's a movie out now that you guys have to see. It's so good. But the star of the film is somebody we've enjoyed for a long time, and I have been a fan of. I'm so happy she's here. Uh, she's just great in everything, you know, whether it's scary movie, girl's trip, Black Monday, by the way, if you slept on that, it's hilarious uh, on Showtime and she's so hilarious in it. But now she's in a movie called Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. It opens September 2nd on theaters and Peacock. Regina Hall, welcome to Black on the Air. Ah, uh, thank you for having me. Thank you. That was I love that introduction. Am I wrong though? It's um, well, I don't know. It sounds good either way, right or wrong. Yeah. I like <laughs> No, I appreciate uh, you being here. Uh, I really enjoyed your movie. It was so much fun. I love satires, you know, and I love any time, especially when they're about dangerous subjects like religion, let alone the black church, which is an even more dangerous subject than religion itself in some ways. So congratulations on the movie. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, I agree. I think that's what attracted me to the script. I was like, Mm -hmm. you know, but it is those big swings that. Yeah. When they work. Yes. You know, it does provide the room to laugh, but, but to think. And I love, mm-hmm. I love pieces that are, that are thought provoking. Yeah. Is that what drew you in to this? Cause I saw your credit as a producer also, which kind of gives you another responsibility with the material and that sort of thing. Um, I think the filmmakers made a short film in this area or something like that? Did, did you see that at first or was it the script? I, I read the script first. Okay. And then I saw the short and that was really helpful in terms of tone mm-hmm. after I had met the girls. But I think, um, 
it was on the page. But I can certainly understand how people would be like, don't, you know, this could be, you know, (laughs) the execution has to work and you have to make sure that you feel for the characters and that they're not caricatures. You know what I mean? And neither is the church. But the subject matters, you know, it's real and there's a gravity to it. So I think the way they set up the mockumentary allows for levity because you get to see, oh, look who they're trying to be. And then this is who they Uh are. Yeah, and it's a let's we'll set up the, the set the table for everybody. So it's a mockumentary about uh, the two leaders of a mega church, uh, you and Sterling K. Brown, who you know are really very amazing together. Your chemistry is it. I I'm trying to find the right adjective for it because it's um, you guys have such different styles, but I thought they melded well in this movie. But the movie has different tones in it as well. Yeah, you have a pastor and a, and a first lady and kind of the image, I think, that we all have of first ladies. But to get a peek into kind of what they go through, too, and they're trying to restart or reopen their church on Easter Sunday after a pretty, a pretty big scandal um, uh-huh. from the pastor. You know, the first lady was doing what she was supposed to do, but it was the uh-huh. pastor. And you kind of see them. He's decided to hire the, this documentary filmmaker and he thinks Uh this is gonna you know really document the the big comeback and um well it doesn't go as planned obviously i think they have a lot less control than they probably thought it turns in more into an expose of themselves more than exactly right so uh did you have any experiences with these types of churches what was your background in this area you know, I didn't go to them. I've certainly watched. I've been to them, of course. I've been to mm-hmm. mega churches and um, seen them on television a lot. My mom went to a very. We went to an. I grew up in a non-denominational church, but my grandmother mm-hmm. from down south. My mother's from down south. Went to um, a Southern Baptist church. How do non-denominational churches work? By the way, is that this God who shall not be named and this Savior who we should. <laughs> it was Christian non-denominational. Oh, okay. It was a Christian church. You know, it wasn't Baptist. It wasn't, it Mm -hmm. was just kind of all were welcome. But yeah, it was a Christian church. So we had the whole Bible, First Testament, New King James, same thing. Mm -hmm. It was more in terms of how they worshiped, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Not what they believed. To believe the same thing as a Baptist church, but it wasn't provocative. There wasn't nurses, you know, no one caught the spirit and jumped. (laughs) You know, the choir was, the choir was, quiet the church sang hymns was it a mixed church was it a black non non name it was a mixed yeah i think mm-hmm. my mom grew up in the baptist church and mm-hmm. just felt like for her she liked a um a, a quieter presentation of the word mm-hmm. <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a shorter service you know so right like an hour 15 and collection plate went around once you know it was yeah. very it was a very nice um, modest church but she was born and raised in the baptist and so when i spent summers with my grandmother mm-hmm. that's what i did revival week all of it and uh were you uh concerned about the commentary because the subject matter is pretty dicey in here and doing a movie about the black church with that type of subject matter did that was that concerning to you at all well i certainly know that we could get a that we could get people. I mean, I certainly know how it it can and may and will for sure be received by some, but you know, I can't think about that 
I mean, you know, you know what I mean? Because right. you have to look and think of, you know, what your intention is in making a film. And um, I read it and didn't stop thinking about it. You know, I, after I read it, I put it down. I mean, that's what I look for artistically mm. uh, to be a part of in front of or behind or both the camera. So mm -hmm. for me, yeah, I mean, yes, I, 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 yeah, I'm aware. I'm definitely aware, but I'm also equally aware after speaking when I met with the, the director and the producer of the Evil Twins mm -hmm. of their intention. You know, they have many things they love about the church, you know, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that there can't be improvement, you know. Right. All institutions can be improved. Absolutely. You know, they are made of people and we have been indoctrinated to believe certain things. And so maybe we can evolve that. And so for me, I thought if there were a way that was going to be interesting to approach something like this, they had found that by fusing drama and comedy together. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, it's big comedy. I mean, when they're out there, but you understand it. So I feel like the moments of truth are really vulnerable and really honest. And they come back and forth just so that you're not like, oof, you know, they're back to being their public self. <laughs> and then you're, you know, hit with some really tough realities of what their life is and what their pain is or what their struggle is. Mm -hmm. I just looked at them as two characters. The church was another character. Atlanta was another character and mm -hmm. they were all interesting characters to me. Tell us about your character a little bit more and your approach to her. Did you model her on anyone or? I didn't model her after anyone in particular. I mean, I certainly looked at a lot of first ladies and mm -hmm. interviews they'd done, the way they carried themselves and um, mm -hmm. the way they talked about the strength that they had, you know, Mm -hmm. thought of how they share their husbands all the time with people mm -hmm. in prayer. Many times their actual, their own needs become secondary to that of a congregation. Mm -hmm. And so I just took kind of those ideas and those, you know, and, and tried to, to make that a part of, of Trinity and who she is and how she was raised. Just mm -hmm. reading the script and looking at the relationship between her and her mother and, and seeing what she had been taught and what she was indoctrinated to believe um, that a Christian woman is. And, you know, also how those women value the church and um, mm -hmm. the covenant of marriage. It's not just marriage, but a covenant with God. You know, breaking that would be breaking a covenant that you made with God. So mm -hmm. when you think of it with that depth, you know, when people are always like, you should just go. It's not that simple. It's quite mm -hmm. easy quite complicated and so that I could understand why Trinity stayed and then also Trinity did love the trappings she's human right mm -hmm. she like sitting on the stage and the attention and the you know they have a lot of things mm -hmm. <laughs> you know they're they have a um a financially blessed lifestyle so. <laughs> financially blessed i always love those those two terms are always very funny the lord has blessed it mm, i'm not sure if, uh, if that's how this this worked out like oh he's blessed us mighty yeah. i'm yeah. i'm in i'm in divine alignment look at what god has done so yes, what I, exactly. so I, I certainly don't mean to make her like she's like a complete sacrificial lamb i mean mm -hmm. you know she she definitely um she reaps many of those benefits. You have to, I guess, in things like this, you kind of have to find your positive way in. Of, uh, I don't know if like the character is the right term, you know, but 
There certainly yeah. has to be an, an affection for the character and, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, you've certainly got to really see yeah. the humanity of the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you've got to have, you know, love and compassion for that character so that mm-hmm. even though they're flawed, you know, you haven't judged them or mm-hmm. judged their flaws, right? You come with the same, nor are you necessarily aware of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think Trinity's necessarily, I, I, I really believe that she thinks her husband, that she believes that her husband's anointed as a pastor. I'm sure mm-hmm. They've seen that church grow, I'm sure, from 100 to, you know, 25,000. So I do believe she thinks, he, she believes he's anointed. And I believe that she believes he is, um, he can be delivered from. Darkness. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. From what? From, yeah. He can be mm-hmm. delivered from the temptation yeah. <laughs> or the sin that he's enthralled in, you know, and I think mm-hmm. I think that's where Trinity and Lee Curtis and I guess the beliefs, you know, and what the church believes, that's where the evolution is necessary. Yeah, it presents a lot of philosophical issues, this whole intersection of, you know, divinity, but sin, you know, the person involved. Are you entitled to something after a sin? You know, to the same lifestyle, you know, redemption. Yes. You know, do people get redemption? Is there issues that have no redemption, which this film kind of implies a little bit? You know, we're not sure. I mean, I feel like there's more to happen even when the credits roll. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of philosophical issues are happening throughout this and that those intersections, you know. Yeah. Well, we know we at least need a church with five. We have our devout five. You know, they didn't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did uh, did you, um, I'm sure you've had screenings and stuff. Have you had, I'll say, church people <laughs> uh, at any of these screenings? And have you had reactions from them and what people have said about it or anything? Unfortunately for mm-hmm. me, I have not had a chance to really engage in the screening. I got to see mm-hmm. one and that's the only one that was in L.A., which was, you know, I'm assuming there weren't a lot of church people at the LA <laughs> premiere. Um, but the other ones I've had to, um, you know, just do press mm-hmm. stuff. But but I will say we we've had, from what I've heard, we've had really really positive reactions. Mm-hmm. You know, but we'll have to probably really see once it opens to a wide audience, a wider audience, and people can watch mm-hmm. it you know, theaters or on Peacock, I think once it starts yeah. streaming, we'll really be able to gauge. I mean, I think thus far, most people have been like, ah, even people in the church have been like, like I was thinking about that, but it is true, mm-hmm. you know, and it is true, but it's something we don't talk about. I got to gotta think about how I feel about us talking about it. You know, they were definitely uh, uh, affected, mm-hmm. you know, by the people in the church, but, we, but we've been really fortunate to have um people be able to see that it was not made with an mm-hmm. intent to judge that there was, you know, there's a lot of love and respect mm-hmm. for the church. It's just, you know, there's also both can exist, you know, love and affection and, and, and the need to have discussions about certain yeah. things. The obvious, I mean, there are certain things that are just obvious, you know, and they're becoming a little harder to just ignore as if they don't exist. Yeah. I grew up Catholic and, you know, I'm like, 
why do I have to apologize for all the horrible things in the case you know, that right. happened? You know, yeah. it, it's exhausting when you think of that. And, you know, I've always tried to separate the notion of church and people to the notion of God and, you know, and divinity and those types of things. And yeah. And how you, and, and, and the religion represents mm-hmm. how you choose to express your worship, but not, you know, you can't place it in the hands of man, you know, mm-hmm. there, there's no perfect man, you know, and then so, you know, it, it ultimately really forces you or really makes you realize how important it is for you to have your own personal relationship with mm-hmm. God, right? And then if you choose to worship at a Baptist or Catholic or Presbyterian or whatever and and in fellowship with those who worship the same way, then wonderful, it's not as if you don't recognize or acknowledge, mm-hmm. right? The issues where they're, where, you know, like, oh, this is an issue. But it, it does mean that, you know, there is something that resonates with you about Catholicism. And so. I always say I'm Catholic. You know, You're Catholic. <laughs> yes, I'm struggling to believe in the Catholic Church is, ah. the, is the philosophical term. Um, yeah. What is your, what are your views on redemption uh, personally in those types of things like does it affect like how you view somebody or are you hard on yourself in that way like mm-hmm. um do you have a relationship with that subject at all sin and redemption let's say it's throwing both right. in. failings <laughs> well i mean i certainly believe in forgiveness you know and i think forgiveness and redemption are two different things mm-hmm. luckily for me i guess my only job really is to forgive right i don't like mm-hmm. Your redemptions between you and God, I don't know what you can come back from. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, but I certainly can, I can, I can forgive it mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, can Lee Curtis be redeemed? Mm-hmm. I don't know. What's he being redeemed from? Right. The question is, it's, it's, are we defining the reality of who he is as a sin? Because mm-hmm. if you were, if you define that as a sin, then he needs redemption. If you define that as just who he is, mm-hmm. Then he doesn't. Then he needs acceptance and then he would need allowance. And then maybe he could be an honest pastor. Mm -hmm. But um, I understand, you know, he must condemn it because he's got to look like it's terrible to him. Mm -hmm. Right. And that that was an accident. But he has to do that as a pastor because that's the stance that the church takes. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think it just depends on what someone needs redemption for. You know. So it's, I think it's quite complex. Yeah, it is, you know, because we, I mean, we treat, I feel like we treat people in the world as if it's a church, you know, and we treat the things that happen to them as sin many times, especially with politicians, you know, and it's an interesting relationship that we have. And the character, I forget his name, your husband's name. Lee Curtis, Pastor Lee Curtis. <laughs> Pastor Lee Curtis. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought what his most interesting line was, he said, I saved myself. And your reaction, I thought, was very interesting. It's like, what <laughs> are you talking about? You know, I thought that's an interesting line. You know, I thought it was uh, fascinating to me because what does that mean, actually? Like, I saved myself, you know, and is I wonder if that is part of what the film is about. The Like, how can one save oneself from something? You know? Yeah, I don't know. And what does one believe, you know? Mm-hmm. I think people forget that what we believe plays, plays such a huge part of everything you now. So obviously, you know, there's a part of him that really believes that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they would have to, to go along with their church, I think. 
but it's an interesting thing to say it to who he also said it to. Right. I mean, you know, and then you see the scene with him and the camera crew guy. Yeah. I don't know how much to say or how much you want to give away about what his problem is or that sort of thing. So I'm being cagey. I know. I don't think I can say what it, yeah, I don't, I don't think I can say what the scandal is. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah. I've been careful not to talk about it too much. It's nice if people kind of see it, but yeah, let's say he's struggling with himself. Yeah. He has a lot of, he has a lot of internal struggles and again, with, with what he's been indoctrinated to believe, you know, and I think, had he been allowed to be who he was and mm. he could have been who she was and the two of them wouldn't have to be forced. Right. Even though in, in many ways they have a great relationship mm-hmm. or at least they have a lot of fun together. Yeah. And definitely think, I think they enjoy their church together. They found a lane that they can exist happily in. And when that lane gets crossed, yeah. Yeah, that's where the fraughtness happens. Yeah. And so and then the reality of the truth of their intimacy and their connection. Mm-hmm. Well, then it gets questioned, but 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 also corrected, of course corrected by her mom mm-hmm. who comes in and is like, you know, are you a Christian? Did you have any discussions about the the tone of the movie? Because there are dramatic aspects to this and it's comedic and it's satiric. And that's a tough thing, you know, as an actor to know that you're in the right, you know, ballpark, you know what I mean? Like you don't mm-hmm. want to be maybe too big or maybe are we being too dramatic or that Where did you guys have a lot of discussions about that and how, how difficult was it? Yeah, we had rehearsal, which was great. I think, I think instinctively, intuitively, we kind of felt but, you know, we played with many colors. Adama was great. She like tried this way. So she had a lot to, to pull from. I mean, obviously knew what we knew when we were making the documentary on camera. You know, that's when you're going to see them at their mm-hmm. biggest because they're trying so hard, you know, and Trinity's Trinity's very uncomfortable in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. Where Lee Curtis is actually quite comfortable in front of the camera. So she she doesn't know what to do, but she knows that she's supposed to be there like the devoted, you know, mm-hmm. wife, especially, you know, she's not great at it, but keep up a smile and like, you know, yeah. <laughs> she's supposed to look happy. She's just not great. And and then Lee Curtis, he's great when he's preaching. He's just sometimes not appropriate. Like, you know, with little <laughs> Aria, like, yeah. I mean, the intention was great, you know, mm-hmm. that he's going to, rededicate himself but he didn't need to do it downstairs he could have done that he could have mm-hmm. taken it off upstairs but you know i think he also is unaware and then i think the little things of where they're like look we're going to be unified by the amen and the amen i think they just they're you know they had gotten to a point where their gauge was off mm-hmm. it also gotten so big that you know i think one of the most ironic scenes for me was when they were showing how God had blessed them with all those cars. Mm. But then they pointed to the stay humble sign. (laughs) Like, I don't know what, I don't know what that means, Mm -hmm. but you know, I think that's where you got, you got to see like, Oh, they're in their own world. You know, they're in their own world. And then there's the reality of, of this scandal is big. You know, this is, this is more than a documentary and a smile. And then when, they were forced to encounter the realities. I think that's when you could, you know, drop into the more dramatic side. Mm-hmm. So I think like that mockumentary yeah. style and 
like breaking it, looking in the camera was just, it, it gave you that because there are moments when they were not aware that they were being watched and then there are moments they were aware and you got to play with a little bit and see, oh, these are the real people. Do you like that style? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, because that's how, you know, I think, I mean, I love documentaries when they're done well. Mm. I mean, I love any style when it works, mm. but I think certain subject matters, I think that style for this subject matter, I think you needed it, mm-hmm. especially with the type of scandal it was, you know what I mean? I think without going into the details of, of it in the movie, I think you needed the weight. And, and, and again, talking about the, the, the church, the, the mega church, the black church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you needed, you were, you were going to have to, what is it? What do they say? You need some sugar to swallow the medicine. Mm-hmm. A little sweet or a little sugar, a little honey, a spoonful of sugar. Look, I said it all wrong. I think it's stevia I now. I think it's a spoonful of stevia yeah. now helps. Them. A spoonful of stevia <laughs> helps the medicine go down. <laughs> you mentioned the great Sterling K. Brown. What was it like working with him in a comedy? I mean, he's such a great. We know him as such a great dramatic actor. You know, how how was that? I think he's known specifically as a dramatic mm-hmm. actor because of how great his work is. But. I think he can do anything. I mean, he was je- he was hilarious and like so much fun. <laughs> Such a ham too. <laughs> he is, you know, and that's the thing. It's like you got to really see that yeah. in this, you know? which is why I'm so excited for him too. After you know, year. I mean, it's certainly nothing like his character like Randall on This Is Us. Right. You know, this is not. This is mm-hmm. not that guy. <laughs> um, he's not the perfect husband in this one. Um, but I think it's great for, for people. I mean, I know for me, it was like to be able to have him and to work off of each other. Mm-hmm. It made it that much more special. I mean, I think, you know, Trinity only exists when she's got a Lee Curtis to respond to. I mean, he's slightly unhinged, you know, mm-hmm. in certain scenes. What did he got rid of his, um, what did he get rid of all his elders? God told him he didn't need such a he didn't need such an ungodly whatever you call them. Right. He didn't know what to do in front of a documentary. Right. We didn't need a documentary. <laughs> I knew it. Trinity was like, "This isn't the road we should go." Right. He's like, "Baby, it's gonna be great." Right. But I, I had a feeling. He was hilarious. He should be doing more of those types of roles. You know. He's. Yeah, I think probably you know the industry when you do something yeah. well, they. But you know, I think this will. I don't think there's any doubt that he won't be. Yeah. You know. We'll see how um, how great he is in this film, and 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 you know the, the the levity that he also has too. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. 
When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. One thing, whenever I have, you know, people, successful people like yourself on the show, <laughs> um, you know, we have a lot of people who are fans of yours, that type of thing, or people want to do what you want to do. So I always like to ask, like, well, let's talk about your journey. You know, like, when when did you know this was what you wanted to do? Because, you know, I think, were you a journalism major in college or? Uh, my master's is in journalism. Master's in journalism. So you weren't really on an acting path when you were younger, right? Or, or were you interested in that? No, it wasn't. It's not like I wasn't interested or was. I mean, I was from D.C. and it just didn't seem like a real. Well, I know my parents weren't paying a college. My dad wasn't paying for me to go to college for it. So it wasn't something. He was like, you better get a real job. But it was something you were interested in, like when you were in high school? I mean, I can't say that. But I mean, I uh-huh. did plays in junior high. Like mm-hmm. sixth and seventh grade. You know the school mm-hmm. plays? That doesn't count. Oh, that doesn't. Okay. <laughs> no, no. So kidding. then I guess I'd have to say no. <laughs> what age is it? Since <laughs> you discounted it. What changed for you? What made you think about this type of thing? Because, you, you know, having been in it, you know how hard it is. And well, is. yeah, I didn't know how hard it was, one. And two, mm-hmm. you know, um, my, my father passed away my first semester of grad school. Uh, okay. That was, uh, it was sudden. Mm-hmm. And talk. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I had a friend who um had said, you know, you could make some extra cash doing commercials. Mm. And I was like, it was actually an a- another actress, Paula J. Parker. And I said, oh, okay. And then I, she introduced me to a manager, and the manager was like, yeah, but I was really bad. Mm. I think, <laughs> or at least I, I, mm-hmm. <laughs> certainly no one hired me. But I was in grad school, too, and, you know, I was not consistent. I didn't do auditions. I didn't. I mean, it's hard to be working on your thesis and, like, going to auditions all day. So I think the manager was Mm -hmm. like, you're either in the business or you're out. And I knew my father would have wanted me to finish school. Like, he would have been really happy. Mm -hmm. So I decided to finish school. But I think at that point, I just, I had not thought about the brevity of life and and the the reality of death. Mm And so it was sobering in, um, so it did change the course of my life. It's interesting how an event like that can just, it almost like it changes the DNA of you. Um, I lost my brother last year, you know, we've been close, you know, of course our whole lives and everything. And I just, I'm different afterwards. I, you know, I can't explain it. It just, for me, it's freed me in a certain way, you know, and, clarifies some things, you know, for me, even though it's painful, but through that pain, you know, I think it's given me a different type of vision, I think. And 
it operates, I think it depending on when it happens in your life and who it is, it kind of operates differently. Yeah, I think for me, I was young. My pa- my friends hadn't lost yeah. parents yet. You know, I was 22, 23, just turning 23. So um, it was tough. But I did, after that, I went to acting school and that was great for me. You know, I, mean, I had a really mm-hmm. great um, experience being able to jump into that after I finished school, after I finished, got my master's. And then, of course, everyone at NYU was like, <laughs> like, is she crazy? Like, she's starting acting at this age <laughs> with wow. no experience. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. I told my family, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back to acting school. And then they're like, oh, she's going back to school. She's just not going to get a job. <laughs> Now we've realized she just doesn't she doesn't want to be employed. Right. Oh Lord, she's gonna be a bum. Oh no. Then I was like, Mommy, I'm gonna do that and then I'm gonna um and I'm gonna waitress to pay for my way through acting school. Yes. <laughs> and then yeah. So I was like, so before I start before I start acting school, I'm gonna go to bartending school. <laughs> so I went to bartending school. And your mom's like, Great plans. Great plans. <laughs> I love I, know. I love those plans. Oh yeah, <laughs> this sounds exactly what like I wanna hear. And right. and but what is interesting is that um I didn't have any clue of mm. how difficult it was. Mm. Probably mm. if I had, there's no way I would have done it. Yeah. If I had understood the chances of it, I would have been like, you know, like understood that people did this at like 14. Like it's like, I was like in my mid twenties, like, yeah, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to do it. <laughs> it sounds crazy to me now, but you know, life happens and then you, you know, life does more directing than you do. Yeah. And it seems like for you, and when I think of your early roles too, it feels like an escape for you at that time. I don't know if that feels right for you because like you were let loose on the screen. <laughs> you know? Like when I think of you and like even it's scary movie, which you were hilarious. At, like you just yeah. let loose, you know, there's something about the camera and when you're on this energy, just bam, just flies out at us. Did it feel like an escape for you at that time? Well, like my first movie was that I did that people saw would have been Best Man. I had right. one, two small indies before that. One was a student, you know, my friend who I went to school with. But I'm actually probably shyer than people think mm-hmm. in real life. Yeah. Quieter, shyer. I but mean, we, maybe I never would have known that from this from this talk. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but but I will say on camera, I do I, I do yeah. like it does feel different you know like once i figure it out once i figure out the character and i really feel like oh i can just i can have so much fun and Mm so yeah brenda brenda actually ironically i found out wasn't she was actually written to be prissy and they had never thought of Mm -hmm. her as like and i was like oh i was like what is what does that mean about my mind and i was like oh she's supposed to be prissy and i Mm -hmm. couldn't and I didn't think of it because I thought of it as a parody. And I was yeah. like, well, what do people always think of, you know, <laughs> the black girl? And, you know, if she's right, right, right. like the dumb blonde and the like those two should never be friends. But you believe they were friends. Like, <laughs> who I, I said to, to Cindy one day to Anna Paris, I said, how did Cindy and Brenda like why? Did, right. Why aren't they best friends? Like, you don't feel like they go together at all. But like. They love each other. Like, it's not a, 
I don't know what kind of friendship it is, but it's genuine. And yeah. so, yeah, I did. That was the first time I did, did comedy. And so like to be able to have your first experience mm -hmm. doing comedy, you know, for a film, I had done a short that was funny, but that uh, not a short, a film that was an indie and I had one scene in it mm -hmm. that was funny. Um, but with Keenan, who just gave you so much freedom, yeah. you know, so you were like, okay. Keenan likes it. Oh, yeah. When I met him, I think I had like four or five auditions. Sure. And that was so great because I was such a in living color and mm -hmm. all their movies. You know, I was a big Wayans fan and a big Keenan Ivory Wayans fan. And so I remember he was like, What's your name, Regina? Where are you from? That's great. And um, so it was great to be able to to have, you know to work and learn. I learned so much from him. Yeah. You know, you do strike me as a very private person. I don't know if soft-spoken is the right word, but very thoughtful, I think, is a better description. But So what gave you confidence about funny? Like, when did you connect funny to you? Like, did you have that identity about yourself? Did you know you could be funny? I know you said that. But we think of you as somebody who's, I mean, we think of you as a great actor, too, you know. But you're funny and... You don't, you don't, you're not performing for people when you, you don't have to be. So where, how do you know that is what I'm saying? Like comedians, though, you talk to them and it's funny, just, you know, they're presenting it to you, but you're like saying, no, uh, you know, I'm going to put it in this pocket and that pocket. So how do you, how, how do you have confidence with that? Maybe it's a better word. Well, you know, my, my mom was funny. My dad was funny. You know, my brothers are funny. You know, I don't know that it would be like stand up funny, like, I love funny with my friends, right? Um, but for me, it's not the intention to be yeah. funny. It's the character. I can't really describe, but it's not about a line yes. or saying. It's not a funny delivery. It's where mm -hmm. you know. It's kind of like when I read a script, I can see the beats in the script where I could create a character, mm -hmm. and then the character itself has the room to be funny more than oh, I'm going to say this and it's going to be funny. So if it comes out of a character-driven space, then that character is funny, which means that character says things that are a little, you know, Trinity's just a little, you know, like he steps in the gum, uh, gum and instead of just, she's got to make an excuse. Like, you know, I'd have been mad too. And like, I bet it was gum in the temple. You know, Jesus got mad. So it's, it's not really mm -hmm. the line. It's that she thinks that it's, she doesn't know that. And like, you know, when he's talking about the pastors and she's like, and that was a quote, she has no idea if that was a quote in Lee Curtis's mind, but it's, it's the character that is so, you know, even for Brenda in scary movie, like Brenda really believed that, you know, it's not about <laughs> like her trying to be mm -hmm. funny. It's really about yeah. how rooted can these characters be? Yeah. It's your, your conviction to. Yeah. And so that is what we're laughing. So that about. you actually like them. Cause I think for me, what I've always responded to is comedy where that's felt effortless, effortless. So it's pushing for a joke. I don't know how to do, but I could, I, I can, mm -hmm. I can create a character that can instinctively and maybe, maybe, you know, and timing, timing and knowing when, mm -hmm. That probably is instinctive. That's just I think my my whole family, you know, my mom, my my dad, my brothers, they all have that. They're probably funnier than I am. <laughs> Who were were you inspired by any uh actors or people uh that you watched growing up that you kinda like not emulate but who really you look at as yeah. When I saw that, 
that's what I want to do. No, because I didn't have that growing up. I wasn't like, that's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't, but I had people I loved. Yes. I mean, I just have actresses Mm -hmm. and actors that I've just loved to watch. I mean, of all races, but in terms of black ones, I mean, I loved Eddie Murphy, you know? I mean, I I watched every show on Living Color. I watched the Jeffersons. I watched, you know, I guess you can't say it now, but I watched the Cosby show. I mean, you know. <laughs> no, you could say it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the show didn't do anything to anybody, you know. Exactly. It wasn't the show that did anything to anybody. Right. Yeah. So I watched mm-hmm. that. I mean, I watched everything everyone else watched. I loved Family mm-hmm. Guys. I loved him. Yeah. I loved shows like Cheers. I just yeah. loved shows that had, you know, worlds. And I mean, yeah. I loved movies, you know. I loved Set It Off, all the girls. I mean, I just, I went to, it was, you know, there was no streaming, so I was the girl, you know. I was at I was at every, every weekend. If it was a movie, I was there. And wow. if, if it was a black movie, I was there with my friends. Every Spike <laughs> right. Lee movie. So I mean, I, I you know I wasn't looking to become an actress, mm-hmm. but it was. Um, All of those had an influence, even if you're not thinking about it at the time. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. it was inspiring to just see it. I didn't know how it applied to my life, but it was right. inspiring to go and 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 watch it. I loved Love Jones. You know, I was. Yeah, you know Nia Long. I mean, I just I watched them. You know, Fresh Prince. You know, just every everything. And so did my. You know, we watched it. So mm-hmm. I think that was just inspiring, just in the in the nature of possibilities. But like mm-hmm. again, like I said, I I watched white shows too. You know, I, yeah. I mean, if they were anything anything that was good, I watched. What do you do right now in terms of? Um like things that you're looking for, are there types of roles that you'd like to attack these days? Are you looking to do specific things? Are you like, you know, I really want to, man, I really want to do this type of thing. Is there anything like that happening for you? I know. I wish I had that answer too. I kind of read stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't like, I did nine perfect strangers and didn't necessarily know I wanted to play a (laughs) unstable divorcee, but Mm -hmm. what did I have fun playing her? You know, I I think I really mm-hmm. get excited about finding materials. I have things, subject matters that I'm interested in in terms of producing now that may not necessarily be for me, but I find it mm-hmm. like really interesting. I mean, I've read some stuff that I'm like, oh, wow, I really like that. And mm-hmm. if we can, if we do A, B and C, we could do this and it could really work. It's almost like, um, I don't know, figuring out a character, figuring out a show, it's almost like a puzzle to me. You know, absolutely. And, and, I feel the yeah. Same way, yeah. And sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know how to do it. And that's, you know, I wasn't sure how to do Trinity, you know, and that was a little scary. Yeah. Especially because Pastor Lee Curtis Sterling, they're such big personalities. So how do you make, how do you make sure that Trinity's seen and felt, mm-hmm. you know, when she's, I think that that was her struggle, you know, when she's next to someone who's got so much life and she feels, you know, um, essentially uh, not invisible, but, you know, she's definitely smaller, Mm -hmm. you know. And so that was a fun, you know, case to crack. Yeah. I mean, it's not fun. My agent's like, it's not fun. <laughs> I'm getting called at 11 o'clock going, what is it yet? Yeah. I'm going to ruin that movie. He gets that every job. But it sounds like you, you're inspired by things. Uh, it's like when you read something and it inspires you, that's the thing that. Yeah. And then I respond to it. And then I say, yeah. And then I say, why did I say yes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I go down that rabbit hole and then I go, ah, I got it. Yeah, that's great. 
Well, I'm glad you said yes to this. It's such a, a treat to see you in something like this, especially, like I say, straddling the dangerous lines of... Well, I, I will say this, too. I think it, it was really helpful working with Don in Black Monday yeah. because that show, it wasn't like this, but it did go, you know, from... They had, like, they had a lot. I mean, well, they oh, were... it was crazy. You guys were crazy <laughs> in that show. <laughs> it was wild. That show was wild. It was such a wild <laughs> show, and it was so great to be able... To have a show like that about Wall Street. Yes. I said, who's giving their yeah. money to somebody yeah. here? And I'm like, when did these people exist exactly? And how did I miss it? How did I miss this? Like, <laughs> I know. I said, can you imagine like this no. is the, like, the name, the Jammer Group. Yeah, this and is they impossible. Were, and they were, they, were, they were awful, but they, yeah. but I love I loved Don. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I loved Dawn and I loved Dawn. and I loved Mo and I loved Blair. Yeah. But I was like, they're 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 awful. But you really horrible. still root for them. I mean they, they stabbed each other in the oh, back. Horrible, <laughs> horrible people. And the amount of cocaine. Oh, it's crazy. Did. There I don't even think that much cocaine even existed back then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is crazy. Is that show are you guys done with that or are there more coming? What's the deal with Black You Monday? know what we're done. I think a lot of people it's weird. I've met so many people now who are like, When's Black Monday? I binged it. They yeah. a lot of people didn't know about it. Right. That's what I'm saying. Watching. People slept on it, I think. Yeah. I think now people are catching on to reruns and they're like, yeah. I want another season. They're excited <laughs> mowing. Right. Don got married. I was like, I don't know if the marriage is gonna last, but they did. <laughs> they did it. Right. You know, there's gonna be a couple of separations in that marriage. Oh my God. Well, well, congratulations on it all on all of it. Honk for Jesus. Save your soul, you guys. You have to save your soul by watching Honk for Jesus. Is there you go. There's there's your tagline. And Regina Hall at the center of it giving another amazing performance. Regina, thanks so much for joining me in Black on the Air today. Oh, thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. And continued success and wish you the best with the movie. You too. You too, for sure. <laughs>